Hello, Internet, and welcome once again to the Always Online Multiplayer Gaming Podcast brought to you by MMOBomb.com, your home for all things multiplayer-related. I'm your host, Mike Byrne, a.k.a. Magic Man, as always. This is episode 448, and of course, like always, we're doing the show live, twitch.tv slash MMOBomb, 1 p.m. Eastern, every Friday. You can come and join us, chat already, hanging out for the pre-show, talking about stuff the kids would say. Uh, <laughs> before we started today. But we've got a lot of news to cover, so we kind of just got to get down to it. We've got Tokyo Game Show. We've got games coming and going again. We've got eye-rolling news. It's going to be jam-packed, so let's get started with Mr. Troy Blackburn. How you doing, Noob Fridge? Waking up as usual for one of these shows. It's noon my time, and I'm still trying to get woke up, so let's do this. It's noon. I'm waking up. What? A, what how hard is your life? How hard yeah, is man, your life? Incredibly, it's so stressful to be me. Wake up at noon and stuff. It's, it's so trying. Also on the line, not waking up at noon, Mr. Anthony Jones. What's up, Ant Jones, writer? What's up? What's up? I mean, it's been a while. It's been like what, like five, six weeks? Yeah, I mean, like yeah, <laughs> yeah. You were due last week on your normal yeah, schedule yeah, rotation, yeah. and we had to bump. We had to bump due to a scheduling thing you had on your side. No biggie. Yes, 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 but. Today is going to be jam-packed, like it is. you said. There's a lot to talk about, it, and I'm glad to be here for it. There is absolutely a lot to talk about. I'm just going to kick the news bump and get started. Here we go. All right, so first up, let's talk about some games coming and going, and an update to something we talked about last week now that we have more details so this one's a very very quick one uh troy actually was not scheduled to be on the show today uh but due to this news and some other news that we're going to talk about a little later i was like hey i don't have you scheduled for gaming gumbo this week <laughs> you wanna you wanna come and be on the on the cast please please do my show fix my shot here what is going on with my shot holy hell i'm all over the place okay um, I look like I'm like sitting on the floor. What is going on with this shot? Let me let me just fix this. But yeah, so I said, Troy, please, you know, come and do the show. There we go. Um, specifically, one of the pieces is this, and I actually didn't link this uh, to you, gentlemen, because it had just come out this morning. But yesterday, we got news that Cacao Games and XL Games have come to terms on a deal to publish Arc Age 2. And here is the first image tweeted by the official Arc Age account. Now, it's no surprise that they were working. We're not surprised by this, that they were working on Arc Age 2. We knew that. They had talked about that previously over the last year plus. And then Arc World and Arc This and Arc That. There's a bunch of Arc projects that we've been covering on the site. But this is official confirmation that not only is it being worked on, but now it also has a publisher, a global publisher to take care of it. No surprise that this was the partnership. And it's probably not as far away as you might think. This is probably slated based on uh, what they had to say in the, the partnership announcement uh, that they are expecting to launch in 2024. So that's a little over a year from now up to two years from now, roughly. 
So a little sooner than some might have expected. Now, Troy, I know you love the sandbox MMOs. We're going to talk about mm -hmm. another one later. You really were excited back in the day when Arcage was looking to come west. It was something you wanted to dive into and check out. Obviously, a lot of disappointment, and you weren't certainly the only one. Arcage has its fans, but it's certainly burned a bunch of people, even fans, at launch here in the West, and has had some questionable decisions since then. Did you ever really get back into Arcage after that first sour taste? And are you looking forward to the sequel? No, they had that big uh, sort of relaunch, come back to the game event it was earlier this year, late last year. And I, I got a little excited for that because I was like, I was the, it was the new publisher, wasn't it? And they were like, everybody come back to the game. Well, and, was you know, that when they did out. Unchained, the the non free to play version? Maybe so. Maybe it was Unchained. I don't I don't remember exactly what it was, but they had a big you know come back to the game event. So I got super excited. I was like, okay, there there are gonna be things that are changed and they're promising things will be different and then i got back into the game and now everything was the same the land grabs were the same the labor system was the same mess that it is now uh the cash shop was still a mess uh still things in there that shouldn't be in there and prices that were outrageous and it was just not anything like what they said it was gonna be they they, they promised this this you know typical mmo sandbox type experience and that's not what they delivered at all and they continue to not deliver it fresh start server after fresh start server after fresh start server uh so yeah, yeah i mean i've been excited for it a couple of times at launch and then when i went back to the tried to go back to the game during uh whatever event it was that got me re-excited for the game but sticking to it, sticking with it, it, it shows its age now a little bit, and the animations and the and the characters, it, it's it's a, it's it's aged a little bit more uh, than back in the day. It was still pretty okay, but it was a little it was a little aged even back at launch. I remember. Well, because it took so long to get here in the West. Yeah, yeah. and so. I don't know. Arc Age 2, it, it sounds interesting. The problem is going to be, are they just going to deliver Arc Age with a shiny new coat of paint? Because if they do that and they've got all the same systems and all the same problems that they already have, it's not going to be any improvement whatsoever. They need a complete system overhaul and completely revamp and get rid of some things like that stupid labor system needs to go. I'm sorry. It's got to go, uh, especially in its exploitable form. And exploit, it may, may be a little bit too hard of a word, but if you're not, you know, running a bunch of alts you're not doing it right and not everybody wants to play like that some of us just want to make a character and go into a world and exist in that world on, on our character and not have to worry about running multiple alts to even have any sort of uh, chance of being competitive with anybody else out there anthony is this one for you were you ever an arc age cat and second part of that question that i'm going to throw to everybody here is you've got the same developer now they have said, hey, obviously we've learned a lot of lessons through ArcAge, and we are going to implement a lot of those newfound lessons into ArcAge too. But you've, at the end of the day, got the same developer. You've got the same publisher. I think that kind of screams, hey, don't expect anything vastly different, particularly on the monetization front, because if we haven't had incentive to change it in ArcAge because of feedback... Why would we change it going forward? So is there, should people expect, well, maybe this won't have some of the quote-unquote pay-to-win elements that previous iterations of the game had? I, I, I don't know if you can take that leap. It's the same team that has been making the money. They didn't stop making the money enough to fix it in Arcage. 
why would they do anything different on the money front in Arc Age 2? What do you think? I think, well, for me, Arc Age 2, I mean, it's like what Troy said. It's very interesting. You know, this is a game that I remember when it first like came over. I was, you know, interested, but it's kind of like one of those MMOs that kind of falls into the camp where it has a specific player base. And if there's going to be a sequel to this, it needs to really nail those areas that like it's really lacking in. And maybe part of that is the, monetiza the monetization front, but it's like you said, you know, it's the same people. So why would you expect anything different? So really it's going to really come down to how the game plays and really the roadmap for this game to make it more interesting for people outside of just this uh, player base that it's had for over the years and continue to have. Yeah, and you would assume, Troy, it's got to stick to, like, it's more sandboxy style roots. Like, I wouldn't call Arc Age a true full sandbox. There are very theme park elements. Maybe theme box is the the word for, for Arc Age. Sand yeah, park. sand park, sand park. Uh, <clears throat> but I wouldn't expect them to deviate too much from them. So is there a danger here of the sequel killing the original? Because it's not like these types of MMORPGs have just people clamoring outside, waiting for them, new audience, you're you're going to be dividing portions of the audience that has already messed around in Arc Age. So I guess there's a little bit of a danger there and you kill your own original game too. Yeah, at the, there's always that risk when you run a sequel. Then you've got games like the EverQuest series where they're just true. running them all. Yeah, true. Keep going. So, I mean, you never know, but I would imagine something like this, it just seems like... Uh, if it's the same type of game, it's the same sand park sort of situation, I, I could see this eventually killing off the original for sure. It'll be interesting. As we get more information, obviously, we'll keep you posted. Head on over to MMOBomb.com for more. We got to actually get a bunch of giveaways up. We put two or three up this week. We already gave away the Guild Wars one, but there's like, there is an Arc Age giveaway up right now. Uh, you can just go claim a key on that one. There's a Lotro giveaway that you can enter to win the uh, Fate of Gun Gun Gundabad Gundabad. I think it's Gundabad uh, expansion and a whole slew of other goodies in there. So head on over to the site, check it out. Ubisoft did their Ubisoft Forward thing, and uh, yeah, basically laid out a bunch of stuff. Now, real real quick, I think we should treat Skull and Bones the way they treated Skull and Bones at this presentation, if you watch the presentation from beginning to end, it literally went second uh, and was about four minutes. <laughs> and was just, so let's treat it the way they did. It's still a thing. It's still coming out. And if you want to see a video about ship customization, you can. That was basically what they showed, was some ship customization and talking about using different types of ammo depending on different types of results you want. Sink the boat, not sink the boat type deal. Honestly... The more, time, the more times they mention this but not really show anything with it, the more sick in my stomach I get about it and the more of a, a feeling I get that this is really not going to be a good thing. They spent more time plugging, uh, Anthony, the... Ubisoft Skull and Bones Insider program than they did showing information on the damn game. Uh, and and that was like their community, you know, volunteers that are in testing phases and under NDA and stuff like that. And while I love seeing 
content creators given credit on a stage like that and a chance to be on the mm -hmm. mic and say a few words and things like that. That was, wow, love that type of stuff. When you follow it up with, here's a trailer, let's spend 30 seconds talking about what's in the trailer and then off to the next game. I, I just, it, it doesn't exactly inspire confidence for a title that's right around the corner. <laughs> no, it really doesn't. It, it seems like to me that this is the black sheep of their kind of upcoming games in a sense um i mean a lot of a lot of the attentions pointed towards the division and their new <laughs> you know battle royale stuff and yep. you know all, the, all, the, all those things are kind of taking priority granted i mean i can understand it because i mean skull and bones has a very interesting background <laughs> just a but, bit and it has to yeah. release right we all know yeah, that it it's contractually obligated to release Yes, yes, it definitely does. Has to release. Um, but I do, I, you know, I want to give it a benefit of a doubt. Um, I want to give it a try. I think it has some interesting things set up. It's just execution is probably the biggest factor. And no one really understands how it's going to all work until we actually play it. So I think that's where that game kind of sits. And I feel like they don't want to show too much because they're, they're probably not even, you know, satisfied with it entirely. Yeah, so. I've, we heard rumors. We talked about it on this show of people that have worked and are working on the game saying, like, every system is pretty bare bones. Like, it's it's not yeah. exactly what they wanted. And the whole story and single-player-ish element of it was just stripped out at one point. It was like, no, nope, we can't can't do it. I well, think I marketing because it's pretty bare bones too, showing us anything. Yeah, the fact that you are even remotely ready to give this one a chance, Anthony, stuns me. Like more power to you, brother. I am staying far away from this one until I see like week two and week three reviews, <laughs> not just the day one reviews. But see, it's very rare for me to be interested in an Ubisoft game because honestly, the company itself is really downhill for me. Yeah, but. I don't know. I like pirate things, so I'll give it a shot. <laughs> I'd, I'd be surprised if anybody, except like maybe an IGN, gets early copies of this. I, I, we, yeah, you and I talked about that. I think on a show and behind the scenes, we were yeah. like, "There's probably." I think it was Takal that said it in chat on the show we were talking about. They were like, "Nobody's getting press copies of that one early," because yeah. <laughs> I was like, "I don't know if we're going to get a press copy or not." You know, we don't, we don't control that. We're on lists, but well, we don't. I, I got it. a feeling all the reviews that you would trust. And listen to will probably be one to two weeks out from right, on. right. Um, and then they did spend, to your point, Anthony, a ton of time on the division across a number of titles. First up was the division two, uh, getting its getting its uh, new season, season ten, price power, which is released now. It released a couple of days ago. Uh, and that's picking up right where the previous season left off. Season 11 is coming towards the end of the year. And then, they, in a very weird way, they started talking about how the Division Year 5 was also coming next year. And they, they really, like, went out of their way to, like, keep saying, you know, hey, the Division 2 was fully supported and has our backing. And we're we're doing a lot of great things with it. And it was just, like... Uh, okay, is that really a nice way of, like, nothing to see here? We're totally not closing. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it was just odd the way they worded things. But two new seasons this year, year five uh, coming out next year, and then The Division Resurgence, 
was the mobile thing. They showed that off. And then the Division Heartland, the Battle Royale that takes place in the world, was shown off a little bit. And I do actually like a couple of the things they teased a little bit in those in that particular trailer, um, showing off that it's, yeah, yeah, it's a Battle Royale, but it is... It is also The Division, and I've always been a mild fan of The Division, a division hopper, if you will. Jump in, play it nonstop like gangbusters for a month, and then not play it for six months. That's me, and I kind of like some of the things they're mixing into the uh, the Battle Royale version, Heartland. And then Riders Republic is getting BMX. Uh, I uh, That content dropped two days ago. I was amazed it didn't already have that um, at launch. And that was one of the things I did say when we first looked at it on stream was, okay, they have biking, but they don't have BMX. That's a that's a little weird. So it's now there too. Uh, all in all, I think Ubisoft Forward was, was not too bad. Not too bad. But it's not like they blew you away with any new announcements, Troy. Yeah, there was nothing like super overwhelmingly exciting going on here at all. Um, nothing that we didn't at least, you know, usually know of. You talked about, you know, they mentioned some mobile stuff and it just it wasn't all that interesting at all. You can tell that they really don't have a lot in the pipeline right now. As we've talked about before, man, you outside of Mario Rabbids and Skull and Bones, <laughs> right. they, just, they which, just don't got a lot going on. Which was at the show, but obviously it's not a multiplayer game, yeah, so yeah. not bringing it up here, yeah. Uh, and then where they went from there, not on the multiplayer front, but I'll give you a chance to talk about it, Anthony. The rest of the show was Assassin's Creed, like all of it. Assassin's Creed Mirage and Jade yeah. and Red, and we're finally getting a Shinobi Assassin's Creed. It's about damn time. Uh, Assassin's Creed Infinity, not a game per se, but a gateway to all the Assassin's Creeds, whatever that smoke up your rear end means. I have no idea. What did you think? Are you an are you an AC fan and are they going the right way with Mirage and some of the other projects? Oh man. I am I am a conflicted AC fan. Oh no. I think the last the last one I played was probably Black Flag or Oh, that's Unity. why he wants to play Skull and Bones. <laughs> like I said, I'm really I'm really into pirate stuff. I think that that whole setup is great. But yeah, I'm I'm very conflicted. Um, but I know Mirage. I, I've been kind of keeping tabs on like its vibe and feeling, and it's gonna be going more into like the stealthy area. So I I enjoy that because you know I think Assassin's Creed is trying a lot of different things. I think it's cool, but I think there needs to be that kind of flagship title that kind of returns to the roots that a lot of fans really love, and it can, it can also continue like the kind of. Um, RPG-ish kind of open world stuff if you want to with Valhalla and all that. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I think I like the projects that they have coming out. The Shinobi one sounds very compelling. I think that's a very yeah. interesting um, environment for the game. Everybody's wanted that Shinobi assassin power fantasy for, for mm -hmm. years now, so it's nice to finally see them going in that direction. Um, but headed back in time with Mirage, we're going to be going back about 20 years with Basim and headed to Baghdad and and learning how you go from a thief to an assassin, so that'll be that'll be pretty cool. Yeah, it was. Chat's right. It was disappointing. Like 
the big marquee portion of their show was spoiled the day or two before (laughs) (laughs) as as expected for just about anything ubisoft (laughs) it's just they trip on them by the way right now they're like trying to like pretend they they don't care about nfts anymore i don't know if you guys saw that (laughs) oh they can pretend but yeah they're like well you know if it suits players maybe we'll go there but like the you you guys do know that we still remember quartz right we do remember uh your ubisoft quartz stop trying to pretend like you don't actively want to go there still also coming up, headed to PC and Xbox platforms on October 11th is Evil. Uh, this is one you you may have seen this covered on MMO Bomb uh, periodically. They've been running a lot of beta tests and things like that. This is a social deduction game, so think like Among Us or Goose Goose Duck, those types of games. Uh, but this one has a couple things that have me a little intrigued. I kind of like social deduction games. I don't know how you guys feel about them. I do think they're a blast when you play with a bunch of friends. It's still fun when you play with random people, but it's not as fun. It's just not as fun. So getting a bunch of your friends together for these types of games, trying to figure out who's the murderer in this case, who is killing townsfolks in the town of evil... Uh, is pretty awesome. But the kind of twist on this one, Anthony, is that you have, it's not just, hey, here's a list of tasks similar to Among Us, right? And everybody's kind of doing the same types of things. Uh, Everybody's got their own job, like legitimate, this is that character's job. And during the day, they have to not only investigate and try to figure things out, but they have to do their job and not just as a, this is our win con, but they actually get money and things like get paid for doing their job that can help them get upgrades and can help them either continue to kill people if they are the bad guys or track down uh, everybody. And it all culminates in a trial, like a big trial at the end. So it's got a bit of an interesting flavor that I'm kind of intrigued. I want to take a look at. I understand these games aren't everybody's cup of tea, but I am a little bit interested in just the the, the unique aspects of this that make it something other than just another social deduction game, which we are, to be honest, seeing way too many of right now. <laughs> I mean, what, what can I say? Among Us is like, it's, 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 it's a market seller at this point. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I do like the twist. And I used to... Uh, in, my, in, the, in the article, I kind of mentioned Tal- Town of Salem, and I used to play that a lot yeah, back in yeah, the day. Yeah, good call. And it was just so much fun to have just different roles. And something about these games that like I really just wish would kind of get expanded upon is more of the elements of like what you do and improving the day and night cycle and kind of really going deep with that kind of specialization of, of the different roles you can get. Because um, I always figured it was very kind of bare in some ways but also fun in the sense of like you can just kind of go in and do like a quick game like i kind of want it to be a little bit longer a little bit more in depth a little bit more investigative and kind of ramp up that kind of deduction part of the game i do yeah i kind of agree with you like i want to see these types of games go into actual investigations to your point like among us is did you catch somebody getting in a grate or did you catch somebody murdering somebody and then the other gameplay layer on top of that, Troy, is the lying about it in the group chat, 
Right. Yeah. Uh, but that's it. Like, you got to see something uh, where maybe, yeah, maybe evil will do things a little bit differently on that front. Mm-hmm. Hopefully so. Hopefully we're looking at something that uh, adds a little bit of more depth to that gameplay cycle. I know it's the same way in tabletop gaming right now. Social deduction games, they're freaking everywhere. Everybody yeah. makes them. The, they're they're oversaturated in the market. So if you're going to do just another one, you're going to get lost in the shuffle. If you want to stand out, you need to make something unique and interesting within that genre. Yeah, and uh, you won't have to pay for it if you have Xbox Game Pass. So you'll be able to check it out there. Uh, launch on launch day. Remember uh, October 11th. We'll certainly be checking it out here, Troy. Maybe we'll we'll do a team stream of it. Uh, Marvel Snap gets its release date October 18th. This is the free to play card game via PC and mobile that is uh, being developed by Ben Brody of Hearthstone fame. Now this one's been in testing for a while. Uh, generally good reviews on mobile hasn't been tested in our market so we haven't had to we haven't been able to get mobile access to it but yeah yeah this was all from d23 a bunch of stuff there world heroes was revealed and avatar reckoning and all kinds of stuff not a lot of multiplayer but i've actually been keeping my eye on snap i'm not a huge marvel guy but i do like card games and I gotta say though, I do like the eight-bit versions of these on the like different card art that they put here. Troy, I'm gonna skip you because I know you don't give a rat's ass about card games. Yes, sir. <laughs> Anthony, you coming with me on this? You interested at all? Oh man, you know I am interested. It's just a lot of these games are kind of in the vein of Hearthstone and Snap and stuff like that. Those are usually not my types of card games, though. I'm more into I'm more into the kind of roguelike kind of card games, <laughs> but I think I'll definitely try this out. I'm, um, I'm more I, interested I like, to see what Ben changes because he's been yeah. somewhat vocal over the years on things that he did not like. Hearthstone became mm-hmm. or Hearthstone became, so I I do want to see like what does he change it up with a little bit. And the games are supposed to be lightning quick, like just a yeah. few <laughs> minutes, and you're in and out. I, I think that's, uh, man. You know, I don't know because I like I like my card games a little bit more deliberate. You know, there's some strategy behind it, but I do think this is something very interesting, and I am curious. Um, I, I hope it does succeed um, because I, I know that Hearthstone is like right now in a very shitty position. So maybe this <laughs> will be a, a substitute for card players. Maybe you can get something a little different. All right, Troy, since you don't care about that one, I'm going to let you talk about the next one. Fractured Online has gone into early access on Steam. If you want in, you're going to have to pay at least $25.99, all the way up to, I think, $129.99. There's like four different Founders Editions. So you have to pay to get into the early access. Launch is still not slated until sometime next year. There's limitations on the races you can play, uh, the areas you can access. You know, there there's going to be a wipe uh, still. So yes, it's early access, but it's almost treated as a test. But unfortunately you're now charging people access for this game. And I know you've taken part in a beta. You're, you have a key uh, supplied by Fractured for you to go check it out. You're going to do the first look. We'll have that up on the YouTube next week. 
what what are your concerns? What are you looking for out of Fractured Online? What I'm looking for is a super fun sandbox experience with in-depth crafting and maybe some interesting gameplay elements and things to do out in the world. Uh, in my beta experience, now, let me be perfectly clear. Uh, I played on a free weekend. I played for like a couple of hours one, one evening during a free weekend. And... I barely got out of the tutorial zone. Like I left the tutorial portal, did a couple things, and that that was it for my gameplay that night. Because it only ran from like Saturday evening to like early Monday morning or something like that. So I played on like a Sunday evening. Um, the combat was pretty meh. The crafting was sort of where you thought it would be. And it's got a little bit of that old school vibe to it. It doesn't look completely dated, but I, I feel like they could have maybe done a little bit better, making it look a little more modern. I know you want you're they're wanting for that old school crafting. Yeah, some of that, that old school, school stuff is it. intentional because that's the yeah. audience they're trying to hit since it was kickstarted back in twenty eighteen. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's it's what they're going for is that old school feel. But at the same time, I, I've argued this before, that there are still certain things that you can update and make more interesting for today's market, such as the combat animations are pretty horrendous. They're not, this combat wasn't really fun at all. Granted, very early in the game, I don't know if it gets any better or not. I will find out over the next week or so. Um, with my current key to get into the early access. But during the free weekend, I wasn't impressed with the combat at all. But the crafting and stuff was where you thought it would be. I had to go out and gather things and get put things together and go to crafting stations to create like my, my own armor and my own weapons and make everything that I was going to use. Now, as far as the MMO side of it, I haven't really got to see it. Like I said, I saw a couple of people running around during that free weekend, but I haven't really got out in the world at large to really try to experience uh, sort of interacting with other people, stuff like that. So I can't speak on that right now. Yep. That's something we'll be looking forward to in the first look. It's getting pummeled review-wise right now. Like, it really is. On Steam, it is a mostly negative. At the time when I wrote the article yesterday, uh, I had there was like 17 reviews, and they were mostly negative. It is now up to 141 and still bears mostly negative uh, as the Steam category. Now, here's the thing, though. Like, I am all for you want to give people early access, Anthony, and get people in there, see what they like, see what they don't. And they've been running different founders stuff and beta tests and free weekends and stuff like that to do exactly that. And, you know... There may be people of the team or or people that are fans saying, you know, this is really isn't fair that it's getting crushed with the review. You're charging for the product now. I mean, I'm sorry. When you start, when you put that price tag up, baby, all bets are off. If you're going to come into the comments, which the devs are, they are going into this to their credit or demise, I don't know, to take it for what you will. They're going into the Steam reviews and they're replying to an awful lot of people about specific things that they're commenting about it's not just a hey this is early access but that is kind of the impression that these comments are leaving hey it's early access we did replace this thing that you're talking about we haven't replaced this we don't know if we will there's going to be a lot developed over the and then at the end of the day my reply at the end is you charged me to get in here you you put it on steam and you charged me to get in here and we did get to see your cat washing itself <laughs> <laughs> uh so like yeah i mean you got to be ready to take the criticism old school style or not 
if the game's not working, if the game has flaws and you're charging people to get into it, then I don't think you really have the ground to stand on anymore and say, well, it's early access, come back next year. No, you took my money today. That is one thing that I absolutely hate about early access games. It is like a excuse for developers. And also when they put a price tag on it, even more like it's even worse as it, as it, as it shouldn't be. And honestly, in my eyes, it's like if you do do an early access that has a price tag on it, you know, this is unrelated, but like it could be something like um, uh, Larian, Larian Studios Divinity 2, like where you have a whole lot of stuff to do, it's polished, and then the, part, the, the next part of the game is kind of hidden. Like I, I wish that approach would be taken with these type of games uh, in early access. And I, I do think that them responding is good. But, you know, it's also not helping the situation at the moment. Right. So it's rough. I, it's, 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 a rough, it's, a rough it's a rough place to be in as a developer. But, yeah. you know, you, you press the go button. This is what you wanted to do. You knew how it was going to be. Yep. So let, let, let me, let me be a little criticism. clear here, too. Like if you sell a founder's pack and as part of that founder's pack, you tell me I'm going to get alpha access, beta access and... Uh, maybe a head start or early access or, or whatever when the, the launch time comes. I'm not going to slam the crap out of your game on MMO Bomb because I took part in a beta and it's a mess. Like, I understand that I am opting to buy into a founder's pack that includes access at an alpha or beta state. Like, I understand that when I buy that. When you slap early access onto a game and you launch it on Steam, you are banking on somebody reading all of that stuff to parse out that, oh, is this something I really want to buy yet? Because there's only two of the X races they plan to put in there. There's limited content. Like all these things you would expect in an alpha or beta, Troy, are actually rolling over into the early access. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. You know, there's there's also the fear. Like, how many games have we seen like die a death during early access? Yeah, yeah. Because um, that's <laughs> as, as much as it's not a launch, it is. And if they don't sell enough copies in early access, uh, a lot of games just go go bye bye. No, so I'm sure Gamigo. The game that didn't even hit launch. I'm sure Gamigo has a reputation for patiently waiting out projects. Letting them come to fruition, <laughs> letting the, letting the. Oh man, they might be screwed. Such, such a great reputation that publisher. They has. might be screwed. They might be screwed. So here's the deal, man. Like we couldn't ask for a better person to go in and do the first look on this one. Troy likes sandbox MMOs. Troy likes old schoolish MMOs. Troy is perfectly willing to overlook maybe a little less graphic fidelity than he would like if it caters to those needs. Like, you would think you are the best person to go in and do a first look for Fractured Online. So if you go in and the first look is, oh, don't buy this. Don't buy this. Wait until 2023 and even then watch some reviews. Because I assume because of the way they're doing this stupid early access, it's one of those weird, like, should we do a first look right now? 
We know there's going to be a wipe. We know that. So I'm sure we'll have to circle back around and do an updated video like a year from now when they do launch mm -hmm. Troy. Uh, we'll do a first look update. Uh, so we'll put disclaimers. Troy will mention disclaimers that, hey, there will be an update because this is not a complete game despite it being an early access. But if you come out of it negative, I don't know what, what hope it has. Yeah, because I was excited about this game up until the Gamigo. moment Amigo, <laughs> and then I unfollowed them. I left their Discord. I unfollowed them on Twitter. <laughs> I just abandoned ship at that point. So I'm still looking forward to getting into the game. Uh, I'm not going to be completely jaded by the Gamigo thing. I want to judge the game for what the game is right now. Early access. They're accepting money. Uh, we're going to take a look at it and weigh it against what's out there. And hopefully come out with a positive experience, but we're just going to have to wait and see. Speaking of bad news and sticking with the comings and goings of the category, Babylon's Fall is closing. They announced the closure. Season 2 will last until November 29th, and then the game itself will shut down on February 27th, which if you are keeping score, Anthony, is just slightly shy of its one-year birthday. <laughs> Oh, man, this is a travesty. It really is. Um, in all honesty, this kind of goes to show that Square, Platinum, stick to not live service. Stick to your guns because this was not it <laughs> at all. I love Kisasha's comment on MMOBomb.com on the article. Imagine paying 60 bucks, paying for, playing for a little bit and saying, you know what, I'm going to play this later when it gets more updates and fixes. Only to have it shut down. What a sad joke. <laughs> yeah, that's their second player. <laughs> oh, that's right. I for totally forgot. There was a whole, like, what was that? Kotaku, I think, or whatever. Did that yeah. article on interviewing the only Babylon's Fall player. <laughs> <laughs> hey, oh, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think anybody is surprised there, right? Like, nobody no. is surprised that this game closed. I did the first look and I'm a Squeenix fanboy. And even I was just like, guys, don't <laughs> just, Oh, you're thinking of buying Don't <laughs> update yeah, the foundation. Yeah, go ahead. The foundation for the game was egregious. The foundation was terrible Yeah, it was and they really were trying to salvage it with some interesting, I guess, things. Cause I mean, like I want to give them benefit of the doubt because like these these are two two studios that you know I rep hard, but yeah, I felt like this venture with live service and trying to blend in different aspects of things that kind of really kind of blend well in like a, a first party title of more of their existing IPs. Yeah, it, it just didn't really stand up too well. Um, and I mean, honestly, I just hope this uh, keeps them away from live service games. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like I rank it right up there with like Marvel's Avengers, right, Troy? They gave a live game as a live service to a company, Crystal Dynamics, that doesn't, that's not their forte. Their forte yeah, is narrative driven single player experiences. Then they gave this live service to um, Platinum Games who isn't known for live services like they got bayonetta 3 coming up you know mm -hmm. and other titles that are that type of actiony single player stuff it's like you're giving these things to the wrong company and it seems to be that the common denominator is you square enix you <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, and platinum has a very shaky uh development 
history like they they they're known for delaying stuff and having issues with managing projects so it just felt like it wasn't the right studio for this um and and, I mean, and it was poorly concepted i mean if we're going to be yeah. honest yes i agree with you that it was the right studio but it was a poor concept i could see sitting mm. there developing like the three of us talking about a game and and anthony's like guys what if like this would look really unique what if we had like almost an oil painting aesthetic and like all three of us go man like from an artistic standpoint that might be really cool to pull off like you got you know yoshi's woolly world and everything looks like yarn and that's very well done and neat and and loved and you might be onto something anthony and then we make one environment and we're like it actually just makes everything look blurry uh we we can't do this anthony we've got to regroup <laughs> like just poorly concepted from the start poorly concepted um yeah. oh we have updates here before we move on uh to blizzard's overwatch 2 battle pass yeah it sucks uh we were right last week i don't like it i don't like it Blizzard is hoping that you will see the value in it being only $10 a month and how it will not create imbalance across owning heroes. And maybe both of those are true. There is so much crap and cosmetics in those battle passes and Overwatch players love their cosmetics. So maybe they will look at it and go, 10 bucks is pretty cool uh, for all of this stuff. And I'm going to play it a lot to get a lot of these things anyway. So that's better. And maybe because there's, you know, whatever, 35 heroes at this point, it doesn't create imbalance. Those can both be true, and I can still hate this. <laughs> those, those can both be true, and I can still absolutely hate this. Uh, yes, heroes are locked in the battle pass. Now, the way it's going to work for Season 1 is all new players are going to pick up Junker Queen and Sojourn automatically. So you're fine there. The game launches on October 4th. Log in. You get them. Kiriko, however, is locked behind a few different options. If you are currently an Overwatch 1 player and you migrate to Overwatch 2, you will uh, unlock uh, Kiriko for free. You're fine. If you buy the Battle Pass, the Premium Battle Pass, uh, you will also unlock the hero for free. Or, well, not for free, as part of the <laughs> Premium Battle Pass. So you're fine there. If you don't play Overwatch 1 and you're coming to Overwatch 2 brand new and you don't want to shell out 10 bucks for the first season battle pass, you can still get this hero, but you're going to grind it out, baby. There are 80 levels in the battle pass. This hero is locked behind level 55. Good job, Blizzard. 5-5. Five, 5-5. Five. Five, five. Subsequent battle passes will also have heroes in them. Not every single one. Season 1 and 2 will have a hero in them. And then they will do every other season from there on out. So you will always have every other season with a hero that you will either have to access by buying the battle pass or grinding to, assuming it stays on par with this, level 55. Battle pass is $10. That's 1,000 Overwatch coins. That's the premium currency that'll be used for cosmetics and shops. And two other things of note that I want to bring up here before I pass it around to you two for your thoughts is, one, you might be thinking, hey, I play games like this, or maybe you don't, and you say, hey, I've watched Mike play Rocket League enough that I see when he's grinding the battle pass, he's getting the cash shop currency. And 
using that currency to buy the next season pass. You'd be right, my friend. Many games do that. Can you do it in Overwatch 2? Kinda. Kinda. If you grind your weeklies and your dailies and the battle pass and everything to the maximum that they let you achieve uh, per day or per week, because there are limitations on that, uh, that farming, you can gain a little more than half of the coins needed to buy the subsequent battle pass. So you could grind for two seasons to buy the next one, but you can't do one for one unless you're going to shell out some money to get some extra coins. Yeah. 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 The other piece of this, the second one, the second piece I want to mention is the way the cash shop is going to work is pretty much what you would expect. Featured items, rotating cosmetics and things like that. But hey, cool. There's a just for you option, Troy. The just for you option. How does that work? It is a curated list of items recommended for you based on your previous play style and your previous purchases. So that just for you section is a curated ad spot for mm. in-game items that they think you are more likely to buy. <laughs> so, yay. Well, guess what? My just for you section is going to be completely blank because I'm avoiding <laughs> this game. I'm avoiding these battle passes. I'm avoiding this overly convoluted system of getting new heroes uh completely uh blizzard is out of their freaking minds i don't know why they're deciding to go this route why are we complicating something that could be so simple why are we making it so difficult to get our hands on stuff that we want having to grind through all the stuff that we do maybe do but probably don't want a lot of it or don't care about a lot of it we're just getting it because it's there how many sprays and avatars and stickers and other bs do i have to grind through to get the hero that i'm looking for a bunch of it so guess what that is not gonna do it <laughs> <laughs> anthony you hopping on the grind you getting on that grind train oh no i'm definitely not <laughs> i'm definitely not <laughs> I'm definitely not. And I am I am the same sentiment. Like is why does it have to be complicated? Why Blizzard after so many years you don't let people wait and then you do the good thing, you know, you give two heroes free. Good job, good job. But the new one that you've been hyping up secretly. Right. That's the one behind the battle pass. Yep. Well what they do. And then also, you don't believe that it's gonna be you know, competitive enough, like you're making a new character. People who make content, people who want to get on it, they don't want to go through that grind. They're going to put money to get it right away. Like, you're not, yeah. you're not fooling anybody. That's exactly <laughs> what they're hoping for. Yeah, and we've seen games that just sell all the heroes. That's fine. Uh, but mm -hmm. we, I don't personally expect, when, particularly when you go free-to-play. Like, when Overwatch 1 came out and it wasn't free-to-play, I was like, I better have all the heroes. Like, mm. But with Overwatch 2 coming out and it's going to be free-to-play... I didn't fully expect to have all the heroes unlocked because we've seen other games. I mean, League of Legends and and Smite and, you know, how is there just not like a all heroes pack? Like, you know, Smite has sold since it was in early access. You know what? Give us 25 bucks now and every hero we have is yours and will ever have is already That's some of yours. the best money I've ever spent in video games. <laughs> yeah. Money. 
or the rotations that you see like League of Legends and other games do, where it's just like, hey, you know what? Where if you here's the free heroes for this week. If you want to buy them, they're on sale this week as well. If you don't, that's cool. Play whoever you want. We'll cycle these guys in. No grind necessary. Like there are so many alternate paths they could have taken here. And yeah, it's cool that if you played Overwatch one, you don't have to worry about this until season two. You do have to worry about it in season two. Because then you will not get that hero for free like you are in season one just for being, being a, an Overwatch 1 player. You're going to have to make a choice. Grind it out, baby, or buy it out, baby. This, this, this team is so good at sliding in these systems. And then, you know, they'll they kind of soften the blow. You know, they'll give you little, you know, little things here and there to, you know, latch on to. But then as things go on, I feel like this is going to get worse because yep. it's getting slid in. And people who are committed, you know, Overwatch fans, they're going to get it, the, you know, the free, you know, hero and all that. But I don't know. I just feel like Blizzard is really good at, like, trying to yep. build these systems that are complicated. They don't need to be. And they're very sneaky. You remember you know, when Blizzard used to be good at making video games? <laughs> yeah. I do. Yeah, and they, they went out of their way to like say this isn't going to break balance, by the way. Because in the math that they've run, most players play two or less heroes. And and you. if you <laughs> if you look at most of most players, ninety nine point nine percent of their matches can be comprised out of a twelve hero panel. And hey, there's thirty four, thirty five. So if you have thirty four out of thirty five, is that going to make things imbalanced? No, because the math shows that you're using twelve or less heroes to comprise ninety nine point nine percent of your matches anyway. Uh, yeah, okay, that may be the case, but metas shift, mm -hmm. and my twelve heroes for this six month block might not be the same twelve heroes for the next six month block that's a piece they did not go into when they were explaining all of this math now yeah anyway there you go yeah i mean it's very counterintuitive because you're making a new hero you don't think it's going to be compelling for this block of time yep. like of course it's going to be compelling like it's going to have all the the very nice abilities that are going to be helpful for a lot of different um metas i would say so i mean i mean why would you put on a battle pass if it, if it isn't all right gents let's uh let's talk a little bit about oh my god what a long show we're not we're bear with us chat uh Tokyo Game Show 2022, a few things. We've got a, a just a search for Tokyo Game Show 2022 on the site. You'll get all the different things. Pal World showed off its latest uh, trailer. So, yeah, if you want to go shoot some, <laughs> shoot some Pokemans uh, and force them into labor so that they can make things for you, they released their trailer showing a little more of the actual gunplay this time. And confirmed that it's not just a PC title anymore. It's also coming to the Xbox One and Series S and X when it does eventually release. So, yay. Yay. Good. 
Freaking Pokemon with bazookas, man, from what I saw. Yeah. Every time we talk about it on the show, we're like, how have they not been sued yet? Like, how have they not been Some of these, Anthony, look so... Yeah, well, there's a bazooka that shoots out a bunch of these balls, and you can catch everything in front of you, not just one. Like how some of them look like almost like they look like Kmart versions of Pokemon. <laughs> you know they'll they'll get sued. You know I think this is how it happened. They'll come out. You know it'll, it'll get some traction or whatever. Somewhere within there, they'll get hit with a lawsuit. I can't wait for it. this stupid game. Like I can't wait either. <laughs> every time I see it, I'm like, this is so dumb. I want to play it right now <laughs> there it is there's the bazooka catching them all nice yeah. literally gotta catch them all so yeah also i i hope it's gonna come to game pass uh i didn't see any confirmation about that but that'd be pretty sweet i wouldn't have to pay yeah. for it at all just hop on game pass exoprimal one that all three of us are a little bit interested in came uh, to capcom's showing at tokyo game show and released a story trailer yes a story trailer for your waves of dinosaurs shooting game. Yes. Was this necessary? <laughs> yes. Because it is yes. just as absurd as you think it is. <laughs> it is just as absurd. So basically, see, now what had happened was, Anthony. What happened was. Us dumb humans said to Leviathan, an AI system, we would like you to make our exosuits better. And the AI said, cool, I'm going to open portals above this island and force you to go defend it to save humanity to put this suit through its paces to know how I need to improve this suit. Because they never said there was an end goal. They just said, make the suits better. And so the AI did its AI thing and probably will until the end of time. <laughs> And uh, yeah. yeah, the Exo Hunters don't want to wear the suits because it gives Leviathan more information to queue up the next round of testing. And uh, But they need to wear the suits to go kill the dinosaurs. Uh, honestly, I couldn't have hoped for a better story. <laughs> I couldn't have hoped for a better story. I can't wait to see the betrayal between Exo Hunters. This is going to be a sleeper game, man. This is, this is going to be a little bit of a sleeper. It's going to be, a, I hope, a guilty pleasure of mine. Yeah, yeah. Give me yeah. this right now. You had fun. Oh, just box. You were in the tests. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't get a chance. I was busy. But yeah, I can't wait. The story trailer is as dumb as you thought it was going to be, and I'm I'm here for it. At least the story isn't as ridiculous as dinosaurs falling from the sky and being fine when they hit the ground. It, well, yeah, it happens. That's what happens when you drop them from the sky. Yeah, the PVE PVPVE. Yeah. Because there's like all kinds of like drama between the hunters and don't get stabbed in the back. And this trailer ends with two robots doing a secret robot handshake. Like, how could you have asked for a better trailer? Like, ah, so ridiculous. There's nothing they could have added to this that would have made it better. Nothing. You know, <laughs> look, I, look at them just I, falling I, off the building, just pouring <laughs> off the building. It's amazing. I hope this was a, a conscious decision to kind of go more ridiculous and dramatic. Oh, yeah. It had to have been. Like, you had to, like, somebody was sitting there and they were like, guys, we really should do something with Dino Crisis. And Capcom was like, we said no, Sam. Stop asking. 
well, could I make a dinosaur game? And they were like, fine, Sam, go go make a dinosaur game. Just, Sam, get out of the office. Go make a dinosaur game. And this is what he came back with. And they were like, well, shit, that looks kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, you- I'm with you. I, I'm, I'm hoping this will be a guilty pleasure of mine. I hope this is something I can log on to and just kill some time and just have some ridiculous freaking fun. Justbox says they didn't really show it here in the trailer, but you can even summon and enslave bigger dinos to troll the other team with, too. Oh, yeah. oh, wow. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Uh, Naraka Blade Point now also coming to Xbox One. I if you didn't know that it wasn't on there because <laughs> I didn't when I wrote it up I was like really it's not it's on like everything else isn't it yeah the answer is yeah it's on like everything else uh now it's finally coming to Xbox one as well and getting some new content at the end of this year the second part of showdown uh and a whole new zone next year a whole new area being opened up on the map because of global warming melting icebergs uh, gentlemen, let's talk a few more things here. Let's uh, maybe, I-, I think the best way to describe it is let's roll our eyes a little bit. There's other TGS stuff on the site as well if you want to check it out. <laughs> GameStop is partnering up with Gods Unchained. What's GameStop, you ask? That's a brick and mortar store that some, many of you don't shop at. <laughs> that sells. What's God's Unchained? You may or may not have recently invested in. <laughs> right. What's God's Unchained, you mean? Uh, God's Unchained is a free-to-play card game, so Troy plays it all the time, that is specifically uh, built on NFT technology. GameStop partnering up with them. If you're a GameStop Pro reward member, sometime on September 27th or thereabouts, maybe a day or two later, depending on email, you'll get an email that'll entitle you to a free pack of cards in Gods Unchained. In that pack will be one collectible NFT trading card, and Gods Unchained wants you to know that, hey, remember... This is led by former director of Magic the Gathering Arena, Chris Clay, who's all about fair competitive play. And you don't have to sell your cards or stuff like that if you don't want to. You don't have to take part in that NFT stuff. I can't wait to get my pack because, yes, I'm a GameStop Rewards Pro member. (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh. Don't mock me. Don't mock me. I'm going to sell my NFT card and make millions, and then you'll shut up, Troy. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm sure you're going to make millions. You just proved me yeah. wrong. You just proved me wrong, big boy. Until somebody copy-paste the card. That's exactly why I get mine, just box for the yearly subscription to Game Informer, and then I just end up getting coupons. Do you, like? I think I, at one point I was up to 400,000 points on that. I go to this. I think I have like 280 now, 280,000. I go to the store to pick up something like I pre-release or pre-ordered, and uh, and they'll be like, "You have a ton of points. Do you want to use any?" And I'm like, "No, <laughs> like, just no. Leave me alone. I don't want to use any." What's going on with Blood Hunt, Anthony? They're kind of stuck in like a little bit of a limbo on their decision making. What's what's the what's the big deal here? Ah, uh, Blood Hunt. You know, 
every every single time that you know you shoot me their surveys and i'm going through them i'm like you guys are sounding like a broken record like it's the same stuff over and over again it's hey matchmaking hey content's coming hey we got issues and you know bugs and stuff like that and it just it just seems to me that this team didn't really think think this kind of battle royale thing out thoroughly and i feel like personally I, I don't i don't remember like what the roadmap for this game really is or if they even scheduled one but it's kind of uncertain right now um there are issues with the matchmaking because they really banked on the summer update that brought the team deathmatch mode which is actually pretty cool um for this type of game but not a lot of players came in so their really small tight-knit community is having issues getting getting into a game so they can't even play and then they're starving for content <laughs> so now they're in this limbo of like deciding if they should do more content or if they should handle these issues with matchmaking or they also have cheating issues as well um but they kind of made the decision a little bit they they've decided to focus on issues over content so we're gonna see how long that goes yeah and they tweeted out today a bunch of bands have gone on it's such a shame because i actually enjoyed this one i i'm a huge mm -hmm. vampire the masquerade fan this is not the vampire the masquerade game i wanted but it is the one we we've got for right now until bloodlines 2 does something um and, and I actually kind of liked this one. Uh the, for a battle royale, it was a, a little bit unique and I and I was digging what they're doing, but yeah, it's like when you get caught between that hey, our player base is dwindling to the point Troy that should we add new content to satisfy that player base or fix the bugs that made a lot of the player base leave, particularly with the matchmaking system, when that's the boardroom discussion, I don't think you're in a good spot. No, you're not in a good spot at all. Uh, at the end of the day, I think the bugs need to take the priority. I think you need to work on that player retention when you do get players. Because if you're introducing more content, really, at this point, you're just catering to the few people that are still there playing the game. You need to bring players in. You need to retain those players. But yeah, this game doesn't sound like it's in a good spot. And in all honesty, it doesn't sound like it's long for this world. It'd be a shame, too, because they, they did do yeah. a lot of things right. Uh, but to be fair, they also made a lot of self-inflicted wounds on this one too. Just Box kind of agreeing with saying, "I really want Blood Hunt to succeed. I do too." But they, but they've been messing it up with the same mistakes constantly. I really hope they don't end up like Nosgoth. There's not really a reason to think that they won't at this R. point. R.I.P. Nosgoth. We miss yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah. Finally, before we head on over to the bombs, World of Warcraft Wrath of the Lich King Classic launches in just like what ten days here or something like that. Eight days, ten days. Uh, but players are already getting asked about World of Warcraft Catal Cataclysm Classic and what they think of that and what they would change and should they add that and what parts of that expansion didn't you like because that's generally by a lot of people considered kind of like when it all started to go south. Now, some people give it a little more time than Cataclysm and some people really didn't like Wrath, but generally the consensus tends to be that Cataclysm is kind of where it started rolling downhill. And so they're already, before Wrath Classic is even out, they're already sniffing the waters, Troy. You want, you guys want some Cataclysm? You guys want some Cataclysm? 
Uh, and if so, what should we change? Uh, so those surveys are already out ahead of Rath's even launch. You know, I, and I don't know that they would change what made me leave during Cataclysm because my problem with Cataclysm was it was the exact same thing as Wrath of the Lich King, except I had to start all over with the with the grind and the reputations and the and and the dungeons and the getting the gear. That was that was my problem with Cataclysm. I was ready for something completely different, completely new. Uh, that's when I moved on to Rift at that point, uh, just because it was just the same old shit at that point from from what Wrath of the Lich King had been. And as far as I was concerned, it was, it was lesser content. It wasn't as good. It, 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 it was nice that they revamped the world. The world probably needed revamping, but at the end of the day, that did nothing for an existing player who was into the end game grind. Uh, that did nothing to retain me in the game. See, my, my experience was Wrath of the Lich King was great for me. I loved that. And then Kata was like a little less from that, but Mists of Pandaria kind of rebounded a little for me. My, like mine wasn't straight down from Wrath. I went back up on Mists of Pandaria, setting the rep grinds aside. That was kind of messy. Uh, but then from like Warlords of Draenor on down was was kind of a slow, steady decline. For and, me. and I'll be honest with you, part of it may have been that uh, Lich King Arthas was such a big uh, part of the lore of that game from the world from the Warcraft RTS games that it kind of felt like I beat the game when we beat him. Like well, that was like I mean, Kata, the end. Kata had Deathwing, and that's he's just a. I mean, arguably, I could see the point of like not as much a fan favorite, but a huge part of the the Warcraft mm -hmm. lore. Absolutely. Yeah. But as far as far as what the games presented, it was it was it was Arthas. It was always Arthas. Arthas, Arthas. Arthas. Look at look at Anthony. He's just like zoning out. He's like World of Warcraft. Bunch of nerds. <laughs> <laughs> I have. I mean, you know, I, I don't have a lot of great things to say about Wild Classic because I just honestly just feel like the 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 future for this particular like server kind of service. I really don't know where it's gonna go. Like, at what point is the, it not classic anymore? Yeah, what point is it not classic? <laughs> yeah, when, right. when does it catch up to the tomfoolery of Blizzard with the, the reputation, foolery. the grind, what a great like all this, word. all this nonsense? And I want them to be a little bit bold and do something a little bit different. Dude, but then, Takel pegged you right, man. You're channeling <laughs> your Stephen A. Smith today. Something fierce. <laughs> Tom Fulry. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's that's how I feel about it. Um I, I don't know too much about the expansion, so I can't really speak to the um the decision of where they should go and where the begin is, where the end is. But I do feel for the future for this project and how it should be handled, it needs to kinda have an have an idea of where it's gonna go and what's gonna differ and how it's gonna maintain its classic status classic all right let us know what you think of all the topics we've discussed today we're gonna slide over now and do the weekly bombs i bumped that button a little early <laughs> you couldn't hear what i was saying but i was just introducing the weekly bombs i'm gonna give a dub bomb to the next final fantasy 14 expansion story being basically already finalized uh according to an interview that yoshi p did this past week uh it's done 
Now, that doesn't mean like all the dialogue and all that stuff is written, but as far as the main story beats, the side story beats, the way they intend to go with it, that is finalized as reported on the From Aorzia with Love radio show that Yoshi P appeared on. So, da bomb. I can't wait. I can't wait. Go ahead, Troy. Da bomb to finally be able to decide whether I'm all in or all out on Fractured Online. Looking forward to get into the early access. I either want to be super excited for this game, let's move forward with it, or I just want to be done with it. Uh, I'm going to try to make that decision by the time the first look is finished. By the end of the first look, you'll know where I stand on that. Can't wait to see it. Can't wait to see it. What do you got, Anthony? The bomb to all of these showcases from the developers or you know their um, panels, uh, specifically the really good ones. Um, specifically think... the good ones. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to talk about the bad ones. They don't deserve to be talked about. <laughs> he said specifically the good ones. But um, I, I really I really enjoyed the way that uh, these showcases have been put together. Um, the Sony State of Play was probably my favorite. Very quick, to the point. And um, I think it's a, good, it's a good vibe going. From the viewers... Uh, we've got Lord Future saying as a regular, or I, maybe that meant red? Uh, red green. Yeah, red green colorblind person. You would be surprised at how few people consider it in design, talking about our Hearthstone chat last week. Uh, my own department uses RAG red, amber, green traffic lights in the development documents to decide high, medium, and low priority bugs. Every time I have to tell them to redo the documents, as RAG all look the same to me, and I can't tell which bug is a high priority. I believe software companies look at accessibility options as a high cost, low return on investment issue. Think of many games are released every month and how few have a colorblind mode or voice control for people with very bad carpal tunnel. Yeah, and, and so there's like, we talked to, you know, I'm a software engineer and I do scorecarding software. So colored lines and graphs and like all that type of stuff. So I always I like have to be, and I do, you're right. Like when I sit in projects, I do think about the number of times that somebody has been like, this is the way we want to do it. And I have to be the one saying, what about your colorblind users? Um, yeah, and and it, it's expense. It can be expensive. Yes. Yeah. I don't know, but it's the the Hearthstone one just amazes me. Like the community made the answer. They modded this. Take it. <laughs> it's like put it in. Like you don't. It's, it's there. It's 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 easy. Just go. Uh, Takal is saying uh, Debom to a YouTube creator going on rants about their vids getting blocked when their whole channel is based on copyrighted material. I say Debom because their tears hydrate my shriveled heart. <laughs> and Old Glory saying Abom to Twitch for van banning Zeppla HQ for impersonating herself. And after one hour, the unban lost 100k thousand or 100,000 oh, followers. Wow. Uh, honestly, I didn't even know that. I don't want to. Wa I don't watch a lot of Zeppla, so I I totally missed that. I'll have to look that up after the show. No, I don't have anything against her. It's just not my preferred flavor of Final Fantasy content. That's all. God bless her and all of her followers. Uh, go ahead, Troy. Take the next one. A box giving an A bomb to the Tim Tim devs. It's bad enough you add in a battle pass into a paid nearly full price game, then you also have the gall to add in a deluxe pack. For twenty dollars, that's literally just two outfits and two emotes. Frankly, embarrassing. Got to make that money. Go ahead, Ant. 
Kevin Sharp is giving a A-bomb to the IRS, <laughs> tax laws and debt cancellation. So the interest I never paid becomes income. And now I owe you 4K from from two years ago. A-bomb to IRS, A-bomb. <laughs> I feel you. Let's, let's word that very carefully. This was just an A-bomb metaphorically to the IRS. It's yes, like not, not a metaphorical, <laughs> metaphorical. Old Glory throwing another one in here. Dub bomb for me listening Kira TV's uh, reaction to Mike's interview, which was two hours long. Yeah, I listened to that too. And I actually talked to Kira afterwards. I was like, yeah, look, this this was the only way we were getting him to answer any questions without hanging up. Because uh, there were times during that interview where I just wanted to be like, oh, God. But then I know I have 30 other questions where I want him to talk about like allegations of grooming on their Discord of minors. And I'm like, if I jump on this, he's leaving. Like he's he's, oh he's out of here. Like he's leaving. So yeah, Kira did do game. And Kira said the same thing at the end. He was like, you know what? I'm glad this video exists. Um this was probably the only way you can ask these questions without him leaving the interview. And I, that was before I had talked to Kira. So yeah, thumbs up to Kira's stuff too. Um uh, Chirac says, A-bomb for increasing AAA games to $70 while still having cash shops. It only encourages me to wait for 50% off sale a year later. Dub-bomb for Sins of a Solar Empire 2 announcement, right? With Homeworld 3 coming next year, now I only need Sword of the Stars to be announced to fulfill my 4X strategy checklist. I was very, very pumped about that too. Oh, by, by the way, Konami... Um, and their Tokyo Game Show thing said, uh, <laughs> you know, they were pumping up big announcement on an old franchise. You know what it was? It was Swickedin 1 and 2. They're getting an HD remaster, which is fantastic. I'm all about yeah. it. Yeah. But when you've had this much like Silent Hill, Metal Gear, like all, don't be teasing that you're going to make a big announcement about a much loved franchise and then have it be Swickedin, even though I'm a fan, even though I'm a fan. Just boxes to bomb for both the judgments coming to PC thanks to a literal dinosaur kicking the bucket at a talent agency. Yes, as silly as that is, it's literally what happened. <laughs> Go ahead, Troy. <laughs> and of course, I get the hiccups right now. Uh, KTFU Noob Fridge is a pro monopoly corporation type person, it seems. Yeah, in response to you uh, and the whole Microsoft, Activision, Sony being a baby about it thing, which Sony being a baby. Sony's very happy. England is, in fact, moving forward with a more advanced uh, investigation into that. Sony welcomes it. Xbox saying, this is dumb. Yeah, uh, God forbid a company do what they want to with a, with a property that they own outright. Uh, as far as being a mon pro-monopoly corporation, uh, you know, PlayStation is probably the king of exclusives and doing yeah. what they want to with their own properties. So now that they're crying about that, that, that is far from a monopoly. You need to look up what the definition of an actual monopoly in this country is because that's not it. One one little IP, them doing what they want to with it, and also honoring the contract that's already in place and then promising an extension, uh, at least in a handshake deal, uh, beyond that is is it's uh, far from a monopoly. PlayStation bitching about Call of Duty maybe potentially not being on the Xbox and what an imbalance that that, or on the PlayStation and what an imbalance that would cause. 
and then during the Call of Duty showcase yesterday unveils uh, PlayStation has first crack at the beta PlayStation players and there's like exclusive shit for PlayStation players. <laughs> and I'm like, come on. Yeah. Hypocrites. Go ahead, Anthony. Um, was it Trinshad? Yeah. Okay. Is giving a A-bomb to MMO-bomb. Lucky me out of for failed password attempts. Guess I'll give it a rest for now. No death threats or bad mojo towards the webmasters. Come tomorrow, my shiz ain't fixed. Dot, dot, dot. I actually just put that there to be funny, Trenchon. Um, I did reply to Trenchon and said, hey, you know, if, if you didn't see it, and hopefully you're listening to this, just hit, hit us up at contact at mmobomb.com. We'll get you taken care of. Uh, question of the week last week. What do you think of the leaked Overwatch 2 Battle Pass slash hero locking thing, which now is confirmed? Would it be different for you if Overwatch 1 hadn't been buy to play and all the heroes were available? The Pie Maker says, question of the week. Locking heroes behind the Battle Pass for Overwatch 2 is pretty annoying since swapping heroes has always been an integral piece of Overwatch's identity. Could also potentially have some negative effects on matchmaking since the Overwatch team tends to release its heroes in an overtuned state. Yeah, and by the way, let's not forget, this is switching from 6v6 to 5v5, which already upsets the balancing that they've been used to in years prior. So let's we'll see how it all piles up. Go ahead, Troy. Trinshad, for someone like me that only dabbled in Overwatch and is very goal-driven, this is the only way they could get me to play every day for a while at least. I'm a sucker for battle passes, but in this case, with the hero being on the free track, question mark, I may not bother. There's no way they won't make the hero purchasable after the season is over with real money or earned in-game currency. Go ahead, Anthony. Goddess Shiva says, not surprised they do some weird model where where champions are hidden behind battle passes. I bet they'll add a way to buy levels. Oh, buy you can bet. Too. Yeah, it's there. Oh, yeah, definitely. It definitely. is. So it is. Boost yourself to get the champion you want to play. They want to do some system use like Smite slash Paladins where you can buy a season pass that has the season's champions and exclusive skins besides the battles, besides the battle pass. Quote unquote, enough points to buy the battle pass in it. Nope. Then add a in-game currency you can save up to get the champ as a grindy way to get it. See, there are many other options. Many, yeah, many other options. options. Kevin Sharp says, question of the week, I think locking heroes behind a battle pass is a pretty skeezy move for Blizzard, and I understand their argument is going to be because the game is initially free to play, this is the way they're going to earn their income. But you know what? I'm going to reiterate. That was already said on the show, something that was already said on the show last week. I've played Heroes of the Storm for the past eight years, semi-frequently, and I dabble in League of Legends from time to time. And you know what? I'm just fine with playing and playing and playing until I grind enough currency in-game to unlock the free hero of the week that I really enjoyed playing, if I so choose. You didn't see either one of those titles necessarily suffering for money because enough people would pay for in-game skins, voices, emotes, and things like that. But instead of going with what they did have as a model for Heroes of the Storm, now Blizzard wants to change up and decide something different for Overwatch 2. Well, the rationale there is, hey, we're taking loot boxes out of the game, so this should totally be okay. This should totally be okay. <laughs> yeah, here's the next shit mechanic for you. Right. Go ahead, Troy. Uh, where am I at? Shrek. Mm -hmm. uh, 
I don't like battle passes or seasons that lack essential content like characters or items with cosmetics as stepping stones. I don't mind grinding through content to unlock new characters or chase items, but I don't want to climb the mountain to end up with a trash bag of skins I'm too lazy to use without a randomized button. In the end, it will end up on Game Pass with everything unlocked anyways once the Blizzard acquisition goes through, which makes the grind pointless. Yeah. Question of the week this week. What do you want from Arc Age 2, if anything? Well, besides obviously not having the launch and land issues that Arcage once had and sometimes still has. Let's, let's set those aside. What do you want from Arcage 2 in an MMORPG? Or are you totally just not interested? And why? Let us know in the comments below. Don't forget your weekly bombs while you're there. Dub bomb for something good. A bomb for something bad in the world of gaming. And of course, we'll be back next week with another episode of the Always Online podcast. Until then, Anthony, where can everybody find you? You can find me on Twitter at Ant Jones Writer. I um liking stuff, retweeting stuff. Sometimes I make comments about things. So check me out there. Troy. Twitter, Noob Fridge, find me. Do the thing. Do the thing. I'm Mike Byrne. Follow me. I didn't have the slide up right. Right there, Magic Man One, but more importantly, follow at MMO Bomb. And you'll get a tweet every time we go live with a podcast, giveaway, article, first look video, and more. Stay safe. We'll see you on the servers.